some special music from the choir. Uh, let's give them a hand as they come this morning.
that. Just give him a hand, amen. We're getting to see our talent in the church, amen. It's a dangerous thing for pastor to see sometimes. Amen. Colossians uh, chapter 2, if you've got your Bible, Colossians 2. I want to preach on a Christmas sermon as well this morning. I want to preach a sermon I've titled Christ and His Deity, Christ and His Deity. We know that Christmas is all about Christ, but Christmas is not about Christ's infancy. It's about His deity. Matthew 1 says, Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and you shall call his name Emmanuel. Emmanuel means God with us. One man said, if we can condense all the truths of Christmas into three words, the three words would be God with us. Isaiah, Isaiah is prophesying about Jesus Christ in verse 6. He says, for to us a child is born, to us a son is giving, given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders. His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. Luke 2, the angel said to the shepherds in the field, verse 11, for unto, you a, uh, uh, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Christ means Messiah and Anointed One. Christ the Lord is the most fundamental and essential confession of the Christian faith. Would you say amen? Our text, uh, Colossians 2.9, just one verse says, For in Him... The whole fullness of deity dwells bodily. Let's read it one more time. In Him, for in Him, the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily. Let's pray. Father, I pray by the Holy Ghost this morning. God, Your hand upon this service, upon Your people. God, give us ears to hear. God, hearts to understand. God, this Christmas, Lamb of God, as we celebrate Your day. God, You coming. Uh, into this world, Lamb of God, being our Savior, our Lord. God, I, we worship you this morning. We give you praise, God, people, and say, Amen. Christ in his deity. I want to look first on the fullness of God. Paul said that, that in Jesus, the invisible God has been made visible. For in him, the whole fullness of deity dwells in his body. Amen. Nothing lacking. No attribute is absent. He is God in the fullest possible sense, uh, the perfect image. He is Emmanuel, God with us. He is Christ the Lord. He is wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father and Prince of Peace. Jesus said himself in John 10, I and the Father are one. Amen. Uh, John 10 or John 14, Peter or Jesus is telling Philip, whosoever has seen me has seen the Father. So when we look at Jesus this morning, He wasn't just a baby coming into our world that we can all just kind of adore a little baby and make a fuss, but He was, uh, uh, he was the image uh, of the invisible God. He's the deity of God. He's fully God uh, and fully man. So He's not just a baby, amen, born into the world, but it was God Himself. So why is it so important that Jesus was God in the flesh? Ephesians 1, 7 says, For in Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sin according to the riches of His grace. Listen, without the virgin birth, without God with us, without Christ the Lord, without wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace, uh, Christmas has no point at all. 
we cannot be saved from sin if Jesus is simply the illegitimate child of Mary's infidelity, or even if he's the child of Joseph's marital union with Mary, then he is not God. If he's not God, then our salvation is a hoax, and if our salvation is a hoax, we're doomed. If Jesus was simply just a baby coming into the world, if he was just simply a story made up uh, by Joseph and Mary and others, uh, we have no salvation. But we know that Jesus Christ is our Savior and Lord. When you're saved, amen, and born again, uh, a miracle happens in your life. Uh, and I'm telling you, when somebody gets saved, maybe we can't explain it. Jesus said, it's like the wind blowing. You can't see where it's coming, but you can see the effects. And salvation is like that. When somebody becomes born again, uh, uh, amen, I'm telling you, the effects are there. The, the miracle that's happened in the life, our language is different. Our thoughts are different. Uh, our motives are different. All of life is different because Jesus Christ... Uh, has came into our life and a miracle has happened. Second Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, uh, uh, all things have become new. Uh, and if you're saved, you know that to be true. If you're saved, you know that God has done a miracle in your life. You're no longer the same. Uh, your old life is not hanging on uh, uh, as tight. You have a new life, now a new direction in life. Acts chapter 9, Paul, uh, or Saul, who is later named Paul, the Bible says, filled with hate, rebellion, and murder, uh, but has an encounter with Jesus on the road to Damascus. And I want to read you this counter because it makes sense to the sermon here. Verse 1 says, But Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogue at Damascus. So that if he found any belonging to the way, men or woman, uh, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. Now as he went on his way, he approached Damascus, and suddenly a light from heaven shone around him. And falling to the ground, he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, Who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. But rise and enter the city... And it shall be told to you, uh, it shall be told what you are to do. Verse 19, drop down to 19. For some days he was uh, with disciples at Damascus, and immediately he, be, he proclaimed Christ in the synagogue, saying, He is the Son of God. And all who heard him were amazed and said, Is not this the man who made havoc in Jerusalem, and those who call upon his name? And has he not come here for this purpose to bring them bound before the chief priest. But Saul increased the more in strength and, co and confounded the Jews who lived in Damascus by proving that Jesus was the Christ. Think about the miracle here. Amen. That's why I said when Jesus is coming to your heart, you know, uh, amen, who he is. You know there, there's been a miracle take place here. Saul, probably the worst of the worst, amen, he's a murderer, he's full of hate, uh, he wants to destroy Christians from the face of the earth. That's his whole purpose. But he has an encounter with Jesus. Uh, and, and immediately a miracle happens. Uh, and when he gets there, now he's standing up uh, and arguing with them and showing them how Christ is the right way. Paul became a powerful preacher of the gospel. And he went from place to preaching. Uh, much of his preaching was surrounded by uh, or encompassed by uh, 
uh, Jesus being the visible image of God. Uh, I'll read you a portion of Colossians 1, 15. Speaking of Jesus, Paul says, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by Him all things were created in heaven and earth, visible and invisible, thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through Him and for Him. And he goes on, uh, but Paul, here, here he is, I mean, just uh, a powerful miracle happens in his life, uh, and this is what happens when we get saved. Can you say amen? Uh, and now everywhere Paul is going, he's, he's saying, listen, uh, I was wrong about Jesus. He's not just a, a prophet. He's not just somebody... Uh, saying a few words, but he is uh, the visible image of the invisible God. He is Christ, uh, the Lord. He is Messiah. He is the deity of God. Uh, and he's pushing this message everywhere he goes uh, because that is a life-changing message. It's not Jesus was born uh, in a manger and that's it. Uh, we thank God for that part, this humble beginning, but there's more to the story. It's not just a baby in a manger that we can all, oh, uh, you know, and just talk about. But listen, there's a lot more to the story. Look, secondly, the reason for Jesus coming into the world. The reason is found in, in Romans 3, verse 23, says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. You know, when Adam and Eve sinned in Genesis 3, when they fell to sin, the Bible said, Death entered into the world. Uh, Romans 5, therefore... Just as sin comes into the world through one man, and death through sin, so death spread to all men because all sinned. How many know we're sinners? All live sin, not some. Uh, every man and woman alive, uh, we're born into sin. The Bible said we've all sinned. Uh, so when Adam and Eve fell into sin, uh, amen, death was uh, rushed in as well, and we're, we're all going to die. So the truth is, uh, amen, we're, we are all born into sin. And that is why, uh, amen, we don't have to teach children how to be bad. Amen. It comes naturally. If you've had any children, you know that. Yeah, I don't know, Pastor. No, you know that. You've had children. You have to teach them to be good. It's a full-time job. No, don't do that. Stop that. Uh, don't say that. Uh, do this or that, right? Uh, amen. Because uh, that's just the nature of of sin. Sin is rebellion against God. Hate, bitterness, false religion, sexual immorality, crime, uh, uh, stubbornness, lying, bad language, murder. Uh, this is all the result of sin. We know sin leads to death and destruction. Uh, in 1 Corinthians 6, Paul again is preaching uh, to a church he had started in verse 11. It says, Or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Uh, do not be deceived, neither the sexual immoral, immoral, the idolaters or adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor the greedy, drunken, revilers, or, nor swindlers shall inherit the kingdom of God, but such were some of you. So Paul's putting all this out, but the miracle happens. Uh, uh, as Paul is saying this, uh, he said, listen, sin's an enemy, but look at verse 11. He said, but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of Jesus Christ our Lord by the Spirit of God. In other words, Paul said, you are as bad as sinful as you can be. He mentioned all of them names because that was setting in his church. He was preaching to his church. He wasn't preaching to people in a tavern. Uh, he wasn't down at the marketplace preaching. He was in his church uh, 
preaching a sermon on sin, such were some of you. Uh, but he said, but you were washed, sanctified, justified. Uh, amen. So a miracle happened uh, because Jesus came into this world. Uh, they confessed their sin. Uh, they asked Jesus Christ to come into their, their life. And he said, now you're washed. Uh, you're cleansed. This word justified means declared righteous. Sanctified means consecrated, made holy, and set apart. Now think about this. Uh, our, our great need for Jesus, not religion, not just uh, uh, be a better person, but Jesus this morning. Uh, because he said Jesus is the only one that can wash away sin. Uh, he's the only one that can make you justified, declared righteous, uh, sanctified, set apart, and made holy. Uh, that's a miracle of God. That's, that's why Jesus needed to come uh, because, listen, we were sinners in desperate need of a Savior. How many know Jesus is the only one that can save us from sin and damnation? A good religion can't do that. Amen. I don't care if you know a hundred scriptures, you can memorize half the Bible, uh, and you can be as good as you uh, can be. Uh, you walk old ladies across the street all the time, uh, go shopping for them. That's not going to save you. Amen. Only Jesus Christ can save us. John 3.16, For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, and whosoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through Him. So why can Jesus, only Jesus, save us and no one else? You ever thought about that? Why is it so important that Jesus is our Lord and Savior? Uh, because Jesus was the visible image of the invisible God, God in the flesh. Jesus was the full deity of God. Uh, Jesus was holy, righteous, and without sin. He is the only one uh, that has lived on this earth that did not sin. That had no sin. He's the only one uh, that was uh, the full deity of God uh, uh, walking this earth. Let me connect some dots here. Genesis 3, Adam and Eve sinned. The Bible said when they sinned, God killed an animal and took its skin uh, and made coverings for Adam and Eve, verse 21. Uh, and Lord God made for Adam and his wife garments of skin and clothed them, signifying uh, the blood of the innocent will make atonement for the sins of the guilty. Now that was just for them at that moment. I get it. Uh, but the implication is uh, in Scripture, listen, uh, one day Jesus will, uh, uh, amen, shed his blood for the guilty, the innocent for the guilty. Uh, and Jesus is the perfect sacrifice and he's willfully given his life, uh, amen, for the guilty. Exodus 12, 21, then Moses called all the elders of Israel and said to them, go and select lambs uh, for yourself according to your clan and kill the Passover lamb. Take the uh, branch of hyssop and dip it in the blood that's in the basin and touch the lentil and the two doorposts on, uh, with the blood that's in the basin. Nor uh, 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 nor you or, or anyone go out the door of the house until the morning. Verse 23. For the Lord will pass through and strike the Egyptians. And when he sees the blood on the lentil and on the two doorposts, the Lord will pass over the door will not allow the destroyer uh, to enter your house and strike you. What the lamb's blood on the lintel and the doorpost did for sprinkling the unclean, sanctify and purify the flesh, how much more 
shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offer himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. So all these examples are given, but they're all pointing to one thing. Amen. What a goat's blood, a lamb's blood can do. It was very limited uh, in Genesis, very limited all through Israel's history as the priest always had to come uh, daily and offer sacrifices, blood sacrifices uh, for the sin of the people. It satisfied the wrath of God for a moment. Uh, but the scripture of Hebrews says, listen, uh, Jesus' uh, life, uh, his blood given uh, on the cross, shed for you and I uh, can cleanse and purge our conscience, uh, set us free from sin, breaks the powers of bondage uh, for eternity. Colossians 1.14, in whom we have redemption uh, through his blood uh, and the forgiveness of sin. Jesus was the atonement. Uh, uh, he made atonement for you and I, the innocent for the guilty. Uh, by the blood of Jesus Christ, we're saved this morning. And not by any other person. I don't. There's been good people throughout history that have given their life for people, but it could not save them. You know, not all that hear the good news of Jesus will believe in and be saved. Some people believe it. Yeah, yeah, okay, that's for you. I don't, I don't need it. How many's seen that? We've witnessed as you witness to people. They say, well, I don't need that, or that's not for me. Or they will say something. We get that. John three nineteen says this. And this is the judgment that light has come to the world uh, and people love darkness rather than light uh, uh, because their works are evil. We see this all the time. Uh, uh, amen. Evil is increasing. Uh, uh, unrighteousness is increasing. The message of Jesus Christ uh, is fought against uh, much in our generation. But it goes on to say, for everyone who does, uh, uh, amen, receive the light, amen, uh, will be saved. We see this again as we witness John 14, 1, 3, though says, For all those who do or are forgiven, so let not your hearts be troubled. Ye believe in God, also believe in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have not told you. I go to prepare a place for you. Jesus said, listen, uh, the salvation thing isn't just for now. Hallelujah. It's not just... Uh, to make us a better person now, to be forgiven now. But he said, listen, uh, as you step into eternity, as you step across that threshing uh, floor, amen, going to eternity, he said, listen, uh, I have a place for you. There's a place prepared for you in heaven. Uh, amen. Only Jesus can do that. Amen. There's no other person that uh, can, uh, uh, you know, I don't care what they say. They, there's no way they can stand in your place. That's what we tell people all the time. you got to stand before God on your own. Uh, amen. Jesus had to come. God had to come in flesh uh, uh, and pay the price for his people according to his own law and word. Amen. So we can be forgiven. So let's look lastly this morning to whom God moves through. And I think this is probably the most exciting part of the whole sermon this morning. Yes, we needed Jesus, the deity of God, to come uh, we needed God to give his life to sacrifice. We need to believe that and be saved. Uh, but this third part, I really want to lock your minds in on. This part is exciting to me uh, because we can be involved in what God is doing in the earth. Matthew chapter 1 shows us that God, uh, amen, God will show forth his glory, power, and wonder, and salvation through common people that believe. 
Let's read it. Matthew 1, verse 18. So the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will save his people from their sin. All this took place, uh, all this took place to fulfill which was uh, what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son. They shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but did not know her until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. Now think about what just took place. You know, history has romanticized uh, Joseph and Mary. We tend to think them as larger than life, but in reality, they were common folks. The Bible said Joseph was a carpenter. Mary was a young lady from a simple background. Only their faith was extraordinary. These were common people that loved God, no doubt had a faith uh, that represented that, but uh, there was nothing special, nothing uh, you know, uh, out of the ordinary that God said, oh, man, i got to have them. No, they were just common people that loved God, that had faith that God was able to use here. Joseph and Mary were young, probably teenagers, because marriage and their culture seemed to be arranged at a young age then. Uh, their lives were forever changed when the archangel Gabriel appeared to Mary. Mary's faith is a wonderful example for us. Listen, uh, she did not view her pregnancy as unfair or embarrassing, but she understood that Jesus had, uh, uh, had been, uh, or she had been uniquely blessed here. Uh, Joseph, too, has remarkable uh, faith here. Uh, both of them young. Think about this. They're young. It's a young couple engaged just like uh, Ben and Juliana. And all of a sudden, uh, an angel shows up and gives them this news. You know, but well, what we didn't get from Mary, uh, oh, no, you've ruined my marriage. You know, you've ruined everything. Uh, now, look, how am I going to explain this one? No, but she embraced it as this, and this is a unique blessing. Uh, I get to do this. God has chosen me. Uh, uh, and you know her song later, you can read that on your own time. But I mean, her faith is just shining here. Uh, it doesn't matter what the world says. It doesn't matter what the world thinks. Uh, this couple, I mean, because they love God, they had extraordinary faith. Uh, think about what they had to fight against that day. I mean, the opinions of people, what people thought, uh, and what people spoke. Uh, but here they are, I mean, just a common couple in love with God, willing, uh, uh, and Mary especially, I mean, did not see it as embarrassing or did not see it as something horrible, uh, but something unique. I get to carry Jesus, uh, the Son of God, God Himself. I get to birth Him into this world. Uh, what a blessing it was. That's how she thought. And here's Joseph after he has the dream. Uh, he, he uh, uh, I mean, think about Joseph. Uh, the angel said, Twi you get to name him. You get to name his name Jesus. Think about Joseph. Uh, 
God is going to be birthed into this world uh, in the body of Jesus Christ. Uh, and Joseph has the honor now uh, at birth. Uh, after eight days, he gets to name him. Uh, this is Jesus. Uh, this is the one that's going to take the sins away from people. Uh, this is the one that's going to step in uh, and save mankind. Uh, think about the young couple. But what we get out of this, uh, listen, uh, God will pick young people today, old people today, uh, common people to do a work for Him in the earth. Joseph and Mary were steadfast. They probably didn't understand the fullness of God's plan, uh, but they followed it unwavering. I mean, think about it. It'd be hard to catch the, the full revelation there. Uh, Mary, this was going to happen. She understood a little bit, but that's how we are sometimes. God will speak to us. When God spoke to me to go pastor uh, and go pioneer, and, and uh, I didn't understand all of it. If I knew all of it, I probably would have just shot myself and ended it. Just kidding. But just think, if Mary knew everything, uh, it would have been overwhelming. I wouldn't have done that. But I'm saying, we don't need to know the full story. We couldn't handle the full story. But little by little, God will use us if we will say, God, please, uh, my life is available. Use my life. God's eager to do that. God's looking for people. Maybe Mary's prayer, Joseph's prayer before. Uh, God, when we get married, uh, we want to serve you. We want to do a work for you. God, use our lives. Uh, we're a vessel for you. Uh, maybe that was their prayer. And God said, God took notice. I'm going, to, I'm going to use, I'm going to do that. You know, it's our turn now. You know, we have the opportunity to show unwavering faith uh, and to carry to this world what God has purposed for you and I to do. Listen, if you'll be open, God, what would you want me to do? Uh, and if you will get your life in order, God, uh, I'm going to order my life to carry out your will. Who knows what God will do? All that God will bring through your life, my life. You know, Joseph and Mary, again, were common people that allowed God to use their life. We can do that. There's not one person here that says, uh, uh, God can't use my life because. You know, you don't have to be special as far as the world calls special. We don't have to be highly educated, famous, or wealthy uh, to be used by God. Aren't you thankful for that? You don't have to have all these, uh, you, know, uh, you know, all these titles on you. Joseph and Mary, probably nobody even knew who they were. And think about the miracle that happened with that. Here's Elizabeth, she's old. Uh, and even six months before, Mary even knew, uh, hey, listen, uh, your cousin Elizabeth, she's pregnant as well. Uh, you know the whole story, John the Baptist, he's going to uh, you know, be the foreteller of Jesus. Yeah. I mean, all the miracles here, because there were common people that said, God, use my life. If you would say, God, use my life to make impact, he probably will, if you mean it. A lot of people say don't mean it. God used me, but then they go act crazy for, for a year, you know. Matthew 4, Jesus called some men to follow him, and they seen a great opportunity here. They were the disciples. The Bible said they left immediately what they were doing uh, and followed him. Now think about these were common men, fishermen, tax, tax collectors, uh, were Jesus' disciples, common men. Uh, but when they got called uh, by God, listen, it was such an opportunity, such a a unique privilege. They said, listen, it's worth everything. Uh, they begin to put things aside in their life to make themselves available uh, for Jesus to use their life. Uh, 
Listen, will you do that this morning? You know, our generation has the ability to complain really loud. Uh, God, I, I, I can be used by God, but they will give all different kinds of excuses, but it's really complaining. It's really saying, I just don't want to get my life together. Uh, I just don't want to get things in order for God to use my life. Yeah, that's where a lot of people are today. But listen, if you're going to be used by God this morning, uh, the privilege to be used by the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, uh, Amen. We're going to have to not just say it, but mean it. And these disciples, when they were given the opportunity, uh, they said, later for this, I'm, I'm prioritizing my life. You know, Jesus had several women that followed Him as well. Ladies, we need you. God needs you. If your husband's called, He needs you. Me and my wife are a team. You know, if we're going to have a strong church and reach the world for Jesus, common men, common women uh, are going to have to say yes to Jesus. Pastor Mitchell said for the last at least 15 years before he died, he said, our fellowship has been made up of common people doing extraordinary things for God. We have no TV preachers in our fellowship. We don't want that. They tried to make Pastor Mitchell that. He said, no, get the cameras out. Uh, we ain't, we ain't going that route. Uh, we're just common people that want to do something for God. Uh, and God has been able to use our fellowship in a powerful way because of that. Nothing will be, nothing will be more greater. Listen to this. Nothing will be greater when we step into heaven is than how we serve God here. I don't think there's any greater language in heaven. Uh, when people say, man, what did you do on earth for, for God? For the, for the people that He sacrificed His life or gave Himself, shed his, what did you do for God? They're not going to say, hey, were you a doctor, a lawyer, what were you? Come on, come on, tell me what you were, what did you do? No, they're going to say, man, what did you do for God? That's going to be the greatest thing that can be said. Man, this is what I did. And this is the talent that God gave me. This is what God gave me to do. And I was faithful to do that. Rather than sing, uh, act, rather than preach, or being a uh, nursery, being a children's church, whatever it might be. I did it with my whole heart. You know, Joseph and Mary were common people with great faith and just said, God, use my life. And listen, if that would be our language today, I believe that's the language that God's looking for because God wants to do more things in the world. Amen. Jesus wants to do more. Can you say amen? But he's looking for people that simply have some faith to say, God, use my life. This is by our head this morning.